Chris Illich stopped by spring training. We're going to talk about the news and notes that came from that, as well as doing our player preview on Bo Brisky all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All righty, so as we said, welcome back, everybody. Hope you all are having a, a good week, good little midweek point check-in here. Hope everyone's doing well and has a great rest of your week as well. Um, appreciate you all for tuning in, as always. Very grateful. We today are talking about Chris Illich swinging by spring training. That is easily the biggest news to come out of camp on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, as you're listening to this. And there is a, a little bit more at the end that we'll discuss, kind of some some minor stuff, just at where they're at with drills and such. But that is definitely the biggest news, was Chris Illich did stop by Tiger Town. He addressed the players and the staff. It seems like it was a, a big meeting, talked to some people individually, hung around with Scott Harris a lot as well. Uh, and there was some news that came out of it. Uh, also, just really quickly, our beat writers do such a great job, and I just I, I don't want it to get lost that I get all of my information from our fantastic beat writers. So be sure to to follow them and stuff, and and support all of their work because they are what they are the people that provide people like me and just all fans the information that we're looking for. So like Evan Petzold of the Free Press did a great job covering the Chris Illich story today. Cody Stavenhagen does an amazing job for the athletic. Great dude. Uh, Chris McCoskey, Detroit News. Uh, Woodbury, Evan Woodbury of M Live. Like Jason Beck does MLB.com. They're all so fantastic, and they have all been crushing it this spring already. And uh, I, I think we are all very, very fortunate to have the great beat that we do. So just wanted to say, uh, throughout all of spring, it will be assumed and implied, and I will certainly have this conversation again. But just want to make it very clear that uh, that they are providing a ton of information for all of us to work with, and they do a fantastic job, and I'm very uh, very appreciative and grateful for them. Um, so, like I said, Petzl did a really good job covering this Illich thing, and in his piece covering it, he actually talked about the fact that Illich is getting the team a new plane. New team plane, very cool. Nice job, Chris. Also, is revamping the clubhouse at Comerica Park, some... I don't know what revamping means. Is that renovations? Is that additions? I'm not really sure, but sounds cool. Nice job. Again, thumbs up. Players all had positive things to say about Chris Illich and about the interaction with him coming down and in the speech and everything. And uh, Torkelson had the big, like, kind of dramatic quote where he said he wants to make it so you want to be a Tiger, and when you're a Tiger, you stay a Tiger, and you win. That's obviously a very, very, uh, again, dramatic quote. That is very cool to hear, at least. Uh, 
Alex Lang, Matt Boyd, Reese Olsen were all asked about it and had positive things to say as well, amongst a lot of players, to be honest with you. Uh, and it is worth noting that Illich himself did not speak to the media. So that's, again, all of these kind of reports and everything are asking other people about the interaction, not actually Chris himself. But that's just worth noting. But in, you know, this is all this is all fine. I don't have too much more to say on it. I, I just I want to make it very clear. Like, this is fine, and I'm glad the trip was positive, and I'm glad that he's doing these things. But at the end of the day, these things that, that uh, these are all things that owners are supposed to do. Like, I, I'm not I'm not grabbing confetti and, and, and ready to throw like a parade. You know what I mean? I'm I'm glad the players will hopefully be in an environment to succeed, uh, an even better environment to succeed. And, and I'm not trying to say that the Tigers' facilities and, and everything are are behind either. Like they, there are a lot of teams that are a lot worse off than the Tigers when it comes to that regard. But uh, like th this is, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the, that the players will again presumably be in a better environment and and will be hopefully easier to succeed. And, and that's all great. But um, I, I know I read my own comment section. Like I'm very aware of what the perception is around the ownership of this team, and I obviously know my own opinion of the ownership of this team and I know that mine nor yours is likely going to change just by this like news yesterday and I'm not trying to make it some big dramatic thing like th this is again this is good this is this is a this is a plus but I, I I love the additions I love the changes but I don't think that it'll change much as far as like public perception goes until the MLB product is just better and these will hopefully help that but a new team playing is not going to add 20 wins to your win total either. That That's all. So this is good. I, I'm, I'm glad this is happening. I'm glad that we're taking steps in the right direction when it comes to not only facilities at the minor league level and minor league development, but also the continued development of the major leagues. Uh, I'm very pleased about that. But I don't think this really changes anything as far as perception or as far as all of y'all's opinion on on everything and ownership whatsoever and i wouldn't expect it to I, I it's not changing it for me either okay that's all cool cool the only other news to come out of spring on tuesday was i it's just, just such a funny phrase we talked about it yesterday to come out of spring it's also not spring yet uh, the only other news to note to come out of lakeland yesterday was that uh petzold also said that live batting practices and some like simulated game situations are beginning, which is very cool. We love to see that. That's just where they are in the spring. So I figured I'd pass that along. And yeah, it's. A, I think he said that Erod pitched a little bit. So that's very cool. It sounds like they'll they'll get some more people out there. But yeah, live batting practice, simulated games, and all that kind of stuff is starting. So we're starting to get to to the point where it'll actually be some competitive moments, some competitive abs. Well, as competitive as you can make them in spring camp, but all, all good, all good news out of camp on Tuesday. And we like that. We'll take those days every day of the week and twice on Sunday. All right. How many times can I say day? All right. Let's get into Bo Brisky. That's going to be the player breakdown, the player preview today. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of locked on it's the midway point of the nba season and now is the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sports book 
New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drained, etc. They are the best in the business. Their app is also very useful, very fantastic, and you get your money back right away. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment two here, Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. So it's Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, just like us, baby. Okay, let's talk Bo Brisky. I really like Bo a lot. I was really looking forward to this conversation, and I feel like this is a good time to do so. Uh, last year, Bo Brisky, if we just want to start with his stats like we always do, an 81 and two-thirds innings pitch, that's 15 starts. He accomplished that. Uh, 5.59K per nine, that's only a 15.9K percentage. A 2.76 walk per nine, that's a seven and a half-ish walk percentage a 419 ERA and pretty much all of his projective stats XERA, FIP, XFIP, etc. all had his ERA closer to 5. So all the projective stats say that he maybe got a little bit lucky, but we will definitely talk about that later. And something else that I thought was worth noting was 14 home runs against. That's a pretty high total. It was like one and a half or almost, I think, home runs per 9 inning. Uh so that's definitely something that we will talk about later as well. Now, that's a really low K total. It's a really low strikeout total. Like, very much the elephant in the room, in my opinion. And we're going to kind of hone in on that and talk about it a lot. Because I think that that is the biggest thing I'm looking for in 2023 out of Bo. And he, I think that he has the stuff to do it. And he's shown the ability to do it before, which is why I think so many people continue to be excited about him this season. If you're looking at... K per nine in his minor league career uh, in 17 innings in rookie ball. Again, I, I understand this is nowhere close to major league level, and that's why it dropped off. But I'm just saying he, he's shown the ability in the past. 14 and a half in rookie ball, then in high single A in 2021, had almost an 11 K per nine and a full 62 and two thirds, like a 13 start season. Then in double A in 2021, it went down to 8.18. And then last year, in his 17 and a third starts in tri- or innings, rather, in AAA, it was just under 10K per nine. So he, he has shown, and his ERA was significantly lower. I mean, a, th- a lot of three, three and a half, two and a half ERA stuff down there in the minors as well. So this is a dude that that has the ability to get more swings and misses. And I, I don't expect, expect, geez, him to ever be a guy that is putting up, you know, like 13 or 14 K per nine as a starter at the major league level or anything like that. But 5.95 is very, very low. And that's not, you're not going to find too many starting pitchers at the major league level in 2023 that have K per nines and K rates that low that are finding consistent success. So 
I think that that's something that definitely I will be looking for in 2023. If you look at his repertoire, he threw almost 50% four-seam fastballs, 46% four-seamers, 22% change-ups. We'll talk about his change-up later. 21% sliders, 7% sinkers, and about 4% curveballs, just kind of as a, a uh, keep them honest pitch, the curveball was. You know, the biggest area of improvement I'm looking at for Bo, as I've already said a few times, ahead of anything else, like uh, ahead of whatever his ERA is going to be this season, uh, ahead of his expected ERA stats, ahead of literally anything else. Runs given up, I don't even care as much about, as a a not even necessarily strikeouts per se, whiffs. We desperately need to see the swing and miss numbers go up with Brisky. That uh, desperately might be a little bit too dramatic, but that's what I'm looking for this season. I really want to see even a remotely semi-consistent swing and miss pitch. Last season, he had a really hard time getting strikeouts and swing and misses in general. Obviously, those are relatively uh, correlated things there. So he was in the 10th percentile in chase rate, very low. Uh, Again, the percentiles, I, I want to talk about them. I talk about them a lot. Uh, and I just want to make it clear what they are. So it's basically just saying, like in chase rate, he's 10th percentile, okay? That means that compared to all of the other qualified pitchers in the game of baseball, he was in the bottom 10% in what his chase rate was. Cool? Cool. Just like when you're growing up and, like, you're at the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you're in the, like, my doctor would always tell me you're in the 99th percentile for, like, cranium size. Like, that was my big thing, right? I have a big head. So, that's just what the same thing is. So, 4th percentile in whiff rate and 8th percentile in K rate. Those are very, very low numbers. The changeup and the slider were his two best whiff pitches, and they were still just under 22% in whiff percentages on their own. And that's less than the league average whiff rate last year. So his best, most whiffed on pitches were still not even league average whiff whiffed pitches. Okay. So getting a swing and miss pitch, even if it's just like a sequence, like, Oh, I, I'm noticing that if I go fastball up and in, then change up low and away, and then back to fastball up and in, I'm getting swings and misses. Sometimes I, I don't care. I just need some ability to get a whiff at the MLB level. Just some proof, some evidence that at this level, at this league, uh, I can get a swing and a miss when I need to. And that's easily what I'm paying attention to uh, paying attention to the most with Brisky. When doing a little bit further kind of numbers and doing a little bit of deeper of a dive, the four seam, again, he threw almost 50% of the time last year, had a hard hit rate of over 50%. And the expected slug was 620. That is unbelievably high. Okay. Especially again, for a pitch that he threw like 40, what did I say? 47, 48% of the time, 46, I think percent of the time. That's a really high expected slug for easily your most thrown pitch. Okay. And the actual slugging for it is 449. Okay. So let's, talk about that the different the difference between the expected slug and the real slug and why that was and why he kept throwing it even though it was getting hit at, at, over 50 percent of the time was a hard hit ball now, let, let's talk about why that was okay we talked about a lot last season when the young pitchers especially that kind of core four of hill fiedo brisky and wentz 
um, that Fetter really just wanted them to throw strikes. That was the biggest thing that he consistently preached. And I, I think that it was very obvious when watching these dudes on the mound. And so I believe that that was the goal ahead of anything else. Just don't allow walks, just pound the strike zone and, and trust the defense behind you. Trust the ballpark you play in to get outs. And I think that that's what they did. And when looking at Brisky specifically, again, all the expected ERAs, way higher. All of the expected slugs, way higher than the actual slugs. Like, So I think that they were playing into Comerica Park being their home park a little bit, which is smart. And that's something, you know, Harris has talked about this offseason. We'll talk about that a little bit later too. But playing to Comerica meant almost pitching to the fly ball. And Bo Brisky last season had a fly ball percentage of 31%, which is over 8% higher than the league average fly ball rate. Lots of hard contact. He gave up. The average exit velocity on that four-seam fastball was like 92 or 93 miles an hour. That thing was getting smoked. And like it wasn't getting whiffed on. It like just getting absolutely smoked all season. But... He only gave up, I think, six home. I say only. It's not exactly a low total, but he gave up six homers just via the four-seamer. And he was playing to the park a lot. A lot of hard contact, like I said, a lot of barrels, a lot of homers, but also a lot of fly ball outs in a ballpark that is very fly ball out friendly. Okay? So that's the big reason why we see all of his expected stats that are so much higher than his actual stats because we played to his advantage and his advantage was playing in a ballpark that had a center field that was 422 feet away. Okay. So shout out Comerica park. And you know, th- yes, they brought it in a little bit. It's still going to be a very big fly ball out ball ballpark. It's not going to make like 70 home runs this year, home runs that would have been fly outs last year. You know what I mean? Like it- it's not going to be nearly as dramatic of a change as a lot of people realize. Now, it's going to be very dramatic when when they do happen, but over the course of the season, when we look back, it's not going to be like there's you know 40 different fly balls that are you know are homers this year that weren't last year. So uh, he executed the game plan really well, and so yeah, shout out to shout out to Bo for for again executing the game plan that I think the coaching staff gave him, and he did it really well. A 4.19 ERA for a dude that was not like a, a top highly regarded top 100 prospect in baseball or anything and came up last year and it was kind of just thrown into the fire early in the season when Casey Mize went down. I'd say a 419 ERA is a success. Okay. So let's talk about, well, we're going to stay on topic. Just talk a little bit more about that and and playing into his strengths, the ballpark strengths, and and also talk about what he did really well last year. Because we've kind of only talked about, you know, the fact that he hasn't gotten swings and misses. And I don't want to make it sound like, he, he just had like a super lucky season. Like he did do stuff really well. And, and I think that there, there's a lot of things that he can hang his hat on going into 2023 that can make him an even better pitcher and take another step forward. Okay. So we're going to talk about that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all. We're talking baseball. It's a fine Wednesday. Whenever we can talk ball, you know, I'm just happy to be doing this every day again. And I, I cannot wait for games to start. 
I cannot wait. Okay, so talking about Bo Brisky. So we, we talked, like I said before the break, we've talked a lot about the lack of swings and misses and whatnot. But he also filled the strike zone, which again was very much a part of Fetter's message to these young players. And, and all of them did a pretty good job in that regard. But Brisky did really, really well. Uh, his walk rate was better than league average. I think it was like 54th percentile in that regard. So really, really good. Again, sticking to the game plan, get the ball over the plate and play to your strengths and your surroundings. Um, as I said earlier, we have seen him get swings and misses at the minor league level. And there was even a few starts at the major league level this past season where we did see it. He had one. Didn't he go like seven shutout with six K's? I think in like July. I want to say like middle of the season, he had a he had a couple of really good starts there where he did have a little bit more success with the swing and miss and with the strikeouts than uh, the rest of the year or, or the year as a whole. And the pitch that I really want to focus in on, and if you listened to the show last year, you're very aware of my fascination with what I'm about to say. The Bo Brisky changeup is spectacular. And I think that that is the pitch. I want to see him throw it more. Again, that fastball got crushed. And it's not like it's it's an 89-mile-an-hour heater that has no movement or whatever. It, it, it has a little bit of tail on it. It spins a ton. He has a very spinny fastball. And it, it's a it's a 94, 95-mile-an-hour pitch when he's right. So it, it's not like it's a, it's a terrible pitch that I don't want him to throw at all. But it, it got hit really hard, and the changeup didn't get hard, hit hard at all. The changeup was a super successful pitch for him. So I would like to see a little bit less of the four seam, and maybe even a lot a bit more of the changeup, okay? The the pitch value had a run, the pitch had a run value, rather, of negative six, which is really, really good. Easily his best pitch, not even close. The batting average against the changeup on the year was 173, with a slugging against of 276, a hard hit rate of over 25%, which, again, we talked about how high his overall hard hit rate just it was on the season, so 25%, very low, much lower than than uh, the overall body of work and especially, what, 30% lower than the four-seam fastball hard hit rate. So even if it never turns into a whiff machine, even if like if this is just what his changeup is, I still want to see it thrown more because it, it got a lot of weak contact. It, it is comfortably his best pitch, and people clearly had a tough time squaring it up. So that's something that I look for for sure. And lastly, I, I also, I want to see the sinker more. This is kind of a weird thing that I found. We, we talked about it actually a little bit, a, a couple of starts last season, but we didn't really go too much in depth on it. So we're going to do that now. The sinker, he only threw it 91 times all year last year. Okay. But it had a 133 batting average against a 200 slug against both incredible numbers against. And it, it, it certainly, it won't help though in the whiff department right? Like we, we've talked about it a lot. We talked about it with Foley, talked about it with Lang. We talked about it with Tyler Alexander, like the, the sinker and, and the cutter. We talked about it with Erod inherently though. Those aren't swing and miss pitches. Those are weak contact pitches. So it, it won't help in that regard, but if he's never able to be a pitcher that has a ton of swings and misses and can get a ton of whiffs, then you have to, you know, adapt or die, right? So you, you have to do something about that. And I think that throwing the sinker a lot more might be a possibility there. 
those numbers against are incredible for a pitch that he only threw, what did I say, like 7 or 8% of the time last year. Didn't even throw it 100 times over the course of the entire season last season. And, and again, with just how hard hit the four-seamer was, executing the game plan or not, maybe maybe throw the sinker a little bit more. Again, I'm not saying abandon the four-seamer. It, it has the potential to be a good pitch. I think sequencing will also help a lot. And, and I think just taking the next step trust-wise, trusting your own stuff, the staff trusting you more, I, I, I think that this will be a year where they won't just look at Bo and be like, all right, just throw strikes. We don't really care what happens. And I feel like maybe not that extreme last year, but that was kind of more or less the message last season. And I, I think this year it won't quite be the case. So that's what we're hoping for. Swings and misses, more change up, more sinker if you're feeling up for it. And and again, the biggest thing, just, just more whiffs, more whiffs. Now, we'll end the show on this, his role on the team this season. That's, I think, one of the bigger storylines in camp. I think that he's one of the dudes that you have to circle their name going into spring training and, and going into games being played because there is a wide range of possibilities for what Bo Brisky could be this season. There's a ton of possible roles that he could fill into. Um, obviously, he is inherently a starter. Uh, and I think that if I had to do my best bet on February 22nd, 2023, I think I would tell you that I really expect him to kind of be what Tyler Alexander has been the last couple of years. I think that that swing man role where if a starter gets blown up early, then Brisky goes into the game, kind of swings the, the short start into the back end of the bullpen, maybe even pitches more innings than whatever the starter did if it's a really rough start for him. So I, I think that that's certainly a possibility. I also think that kind of the like sixth starter, even though it's not a six-man rotation, having the sixth starter when needed, okay, we haven't had a day off in two weeks, we're going to go to the sixth starter here to give everybody an extra day's rest type of thing. So I think that that's certainly a possibility as well. And I think maybe a balance of both of those too. Again, Tyler Alexander started a lot of games the last couple of years, but at no point was he ever in the starting rotation on opening day. So, like, I, I feel like that kind of role is something that Brisky could find himself in. But in the same breath, it, it really it would not shock me at all if he got some starts in AAA this season just for development purposes. They want to make sure that he is getting every opportunity possible to take the next step as a starting pitcher. And because starting pitching depth is vital. We talked about it all offseason. And so uh, that that really wouldn't surprise me either. Whether it's on opening day and he just doesn't make the team out of camp, I, I think I wouldn't say that's necessarily the most likely, but it's certainly possible. Uh, or whether it's just, okay, you know, it's been two months. You got a four and a half ERA as the swing man out of the pen. We're going to send you down to AAA for five starts just so that you can can get kind of your legs under you back in the starting pitching department, and then we'll call you back up maybe when we need a start or something. That wouldn't shock me either. We know that starting pitching injuries are going to happen as well. So I, I can pretty much promise you, assuming health for him, that he's going to start games this season. It's just there, there's, again, I, I guess that's where we'll end the show. There, there is such a wide range of possibilities when it comes to roles for Bo Brisky this season that I, I think that he is kind of under the radar, one of the names that you should circle and really pay attention to uh, to see what role he is going to end up with out of camp. Cool. 
Sounds good. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now I'll make your second listen, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a, prospect, is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It is also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Both of us, as you know, are on YouTube. I appreciate y'all. Another day, another dollar. Not sure why I just said that. We'll be back tomorrow with another player preview and with no more news out of spring because that's our favorite saying now. I appreciate all y'all. Thank you so much for just supporting the show. It really means the world to me. And I cannot wait until baseball is back so we can go through this season together. Locked arms. You know, all we have in this world is hope. All we got is hope, baby. Peace and love going to therapy's dope, and I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers.